at the time, our team had just went through a shuffle. Like there was new people added. We had hired some people. So this team had not really worked together and we had some really big initiatives coming up. And my first thought was, okay, so what if we try out an escape room and I like lock people in a room and see what happens? Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Imagine you've just been notified your crazy uncle just left you a fortune in gold. The only problem is you have to travel to his remote cabin in the mountains and find it. Or a priceless painting is missing from an art museum. To keep the news out of the press, the museum has hired you to locate the painting and steal it back from the thief. Or you travel back in time. You find yourself on a ship at sea. Your sleeping quarters are cramped and deep in the belly of the ship. Suddenly your room starts to shake and then stop. The ship's name? the Titanic. This is Jeff Tun, your host of Status Go. Today, we're going to explore escape rooms. This phenomenon has been going strong for about the last 15 years. Friends, families, and coworkers have used them for a fun evening out, but they're much more than just a fun evening out. They are a great team building tool. Our guest on this episode is Stephanie Cox. Stephanie is the CEO of Lumivate. We'll hear a little bit more about Lumivate in a minute, but the reason I wanted to bring Stephanie on the podcast today is because of a LinkedIn post she wrote a few weeks ago. I'm going to quote it, just part of it for you. One of my favorite ways to see how a team can work together to solve problems is by putting everyone in an escape room. So that's exactly what we did as a part of our in-person meeting today. And I chose the hardest room for us to do, of course. I had to talk to her. Turns out Stephanie's been using this escape room concept with her teams for five or six years now. So I, I can't wait. Stephanie, welcome to Status Go. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk about why I love to lock people in a room. <laughs> Um, well, as someone who just uh, tried this with a team for the very first time, uh, almost a year ago now, that, that was really part of what just jumped out at me about your post on LinkedIn. Before we dive into that, though, could you share a little bit about your background, your journey, and what brought you to Lumivate? And then, of course, we'd like to hear a little bit about Lumivate as well. Yeah, so I've been in a variety of roles, primarily marketing focused for the last 20 years. And I would like to say that career success is a little bit of hard work and a little bit of luck. They both play into it. I graduated college about 20 years ago, right when not everyone even had a website, if that's hard to imagine. Um, that was not something that even existed everywhere. And I was the young person, so figuring out like the internet was kind of what I was tasked with in social media. So I really lucked into the idea of like what we call digital marketing today or just marketing. And from there had the pleasure of working for, you know, I would say smaller mid-sized companies, my first two roles out of school, which gave me a ton of great exposure until I went to the enterprise, but 
predominantly working with tech companies or companies that have a really strong tech product. And I think as all good stories in my career, I was not looking to leave the company I was at previously, Project Lead the Way, loved what I was doing there. And there are a couple of people in, um, I live in Indianapolis and in Indianapolis, when they reach out for coffee, even if you're happy, you say yes, right? Um, just because of who they are. And so one of them is one of our um, board members and he reached out and I was like, well, I, you know, I've got to, even if I'm not interested, I need to meet him for coffee. See what he has to say. Maybe I can help connect him with someone else. Yeah. And I had breakfast with him and I remember walking away from that meeting because they were looking for a marketing leader at the time. So this was about six years ago. And I told my husband, one of two things is going to happen. I'm not going to have a job in a year because it's a startup. It was about 18 months old at the time, or this is going to be the biggest opportunity of my career. And I will kick myself if I don't take it. And, you know, thankfully I listened to my intuition and took it and have had lots of, you know, great growth opportunities at Lumivate came in to run marketing, took over sales, um, success product. And then, you know, now I'm CEO of the business. So it's been a really fun ride and everything that I've done in my career, all the experiences I've had have led me kind of to where we are today. And part of that is we're a platform that enables marketers to build digital experiences without code. So I've been the person we're selling to, and mm -hmm. it's been fun to develop a product that solves the challenges that I've had myself in business. Well, Lumivate certainly has evolved a lot since you and I met because you and I must have met right after you started or very close mm -hmm. to that uh, through a mutual friend of ours, Mark Hill. Um, and um, at the time, I thought it was a great concept, but it's evolved. Could you spend just a minute and tell us about this digital experience platform you all have built? Yeah, so... Um kind of when we first met, we were kind of writing this fine line between being for the business and being low code, no code, but also being for IT, right? Who wants the ability to write code. And what we learned is you can't do both well. <laughs> uh, you, a lot of companies say they can, you can't. So instead, what we decided to do was really go all in on um, the business because there is a huge opportunity for, you know, businesses need to move fast. Um, IT departments ha need to care about and do care about governance, scalability, security, architecture. We wanted to provide all of those reassurances, but give them a tool that, or a platform they could give the business to be able to go fast and creating things like landing pages, websites, mobile apps, portals, e-commerce, et cetera. And so that's really kind of how we took, you know, trying to be for both audiences and instead said, okay, we're really for the business, but we're going to make sure IT loves us. So all the things that they care about, we're going to take care of. And it's been really fun because we work with a lot of enterprise brands. And so when we go through security audits or like the security review process, and I think the longest questionnaire we've had to fill out was like almost 500 questions. Oh, wow. And they come back and they're like... <laughs> We, we don't have any comments and I was yeah. like, this, this is, we've never done this and like not had feedback. And I'm like, yeah. I, like when I say you're going to like, it is going to love us. It's because we have a history in that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're not going to be worried about your business using us. That That's excellent. And uh, to our listeners, we'll provide a link uh, to Lumivate in the show notes so you can check it out 
and uh, check out some of their enterprise clients that they've that they've worked with. For now, let's get into escape rooms. Why why escape room? Where did where did this come from? So I think you know the first time I did it, it was about six and a half years ago or so at a previous company, and and. Re- I always look for a couple of different things. Um, I've had the blessing for the last like three or four jobs where I have worked with companies that are remote or at least a large portion are remote. Mm-hmm. So you're always bringing people into town or into a location and you're trying to find ways to like build connections. And at some point, like after 15 years of doing that, you like run out of ideas. <laughs> right. So a little bit was like, what, I mean, like what, you, there's only so many times you can give duck pin bowling. Right. Um, so and escape rooms had just started to like open in India. I'd started hearing about them. And at the time, our team had just went through not like a reorg, but like a shuffle. Like there was new people added. We had hired some people. So this team had not really worked together. And we had some really big initiatives coming up. And my first thought was, okay, so what if we try out an escape room and I like lock people in a room and see what happens? Um, and no one had done at the time, no one on the team had done one. And they're like, what do you mean? We can't, you have our phones for an hour. And I'm like, you can't use your phone. Like they're going to lock us in a room and we did it. And it was really great. And if, um, I don't want to spoil too much about like every escape room is different, but some of them, I would say in general, they have multiple rooms that you have to get into some are multi-floor they're all totally different. What strategy works for one doesn't work for the second one. Sometimes you have to know all kinds of crazy things. Like one escape room, we had to know how to read sheet music. Another, we had to learn, know how to like translate Russian, right? So there's lots of things about it. But what I loved about it, and I've never, my teams have never failed getting out of one. So that's also a really important topic (laughs) to discuss at some point. Uh Um, But in this first one, what I noticed was different people took on different roles, Mm -hmm. right? And it was, I love to people watch, um, but I'm also super competitive, right? So we are not losing. Um, So I clearly was like that role, but then I started like, I remember like halfway through, I like stood back and I started watching because I was like, this is interesting. Like the people that I thought would behave a certain way are behaving differently people who are normally pretty quiet, like in meetings are now like leading the, leading the team. And it created this like fun vibe afterwards. Right. Because then organically afterwards, like that was like the end of our kind of like in-person event. People were like, Oh, do you want to go get dinner? And like the whole team just went and got dinner on their own. I mean, obviously I paid for it, but like it was this kind of fun thing. And then they started talking about it constantly. And it created these deep relationships in an hour that I had not seen anything else do. And it wasn't about me getting to know you and your personal life, right? Which I think is sometimes how we think relationships are created. Mm-hmm. But it was about putting to us together in a high stress situation that, like, if you don't get out, like, the, I mean, it doesn't, at an hour, they're going to let you out, right? Like, nothing right, bad right, is right. going to happen to you. Yeah. But, which is different than like the high stress situations you're normally in at work, right? Where like if something fails, right? Like what's the consequence? 
Um, so it was really a cool experiment to see. Mm -hmm. And then once I, and they kept talking about afterwards. And so then the next thing was like, okay, you know, when I went to, um, Limovate, I was like, well, we've got to do this with this team. Um, and it's kind of spiraled since there. We've done it a couple of times at Limovate with different mm -hmm. groups and it is, it is my go-to, uh, around it. And it's getting a little harder to find rooms that like certain people, cause I'll, I've been blessed to have people that have worked for me before follow me to different roles. Um, yeah. It's been interesting. We did this last one a couple of weeks ago. It was a new escape room in Indianapolis um, that we we had not, I, I had not been to. No one on my team had been to. And I get there and the guy, this will tell you what our escape room process is like. <laughs> I get there and he goes, you've been here before. I was like, no, I've never been to this one. He goes, no to Fishers. And I was like, Yes. And he goes, corporate events. And I was like, uh-huh. He goes, I remember you. And I was like, oh God, like, is that bad? Like, is that mad? I know I'm alive, but like, what does that mean? And he was like, this is going to be, and he was like, this is going to be interesting. And I was like, yeah. That, that's, that's fascinating. And, and I, I, I'd love your thoughts on uh, distributed teams. And, and here's why, as, as you know, as a result of the pandemic, Many organizations who were not used to using distributed teams now are doing that. Initially, kind of, I'll use air quotes that no one can see, forced to, to do it initially, but now they're doing it more by choice. So what value do you see this experience bringing to distributed teams? Because you all are fairly uh, distributed at LumaVate. Yeah, we have no physical office and we haven't since May of 2020. No plans to with people. I mean, I would say a majority of our workforce still is based in Indiana, but we have people throughout the US. Mm -hmm. What I like about it is it's a shared experience. Going out to dinner, going bowling, like the type of traditional stuff you do, no one honestly really remembers it. Like I can't mm -hmm. remember Right, like the last, you know, the last time I went bowling as a company, or the, you know, the team dinners that we've all had. Unless there's something like crazy weird that happens, they're just kind of forgettable. This is not forgettable. Yeah. Um, and it, so it creates a very much of a shared experience very quickly that only the people in that room have. No one, because it's also weird, right? Like you don't want to tell people too much of what happened in the room in terms of like what you had to figure out because mm -hmm. you don't want to spoil it if they do the room. So it almost becomes like this little secret that like the 10 of you or however many is in the room share that yeah. no one else knows. And you see people in all different ranges of emotion, right? Like you see people like get excited that they're figuring something out. You see them get angry and frustrated, right? Like you see when people are like, cause you can get three clues when they're like, no, I need a clue. Right. And the escape room people are smart because they require everyone in the room to raise their hand and agree to get the clue. So that way, like one mm -hmm. person can't say it and they give it to you and then everyone else yells at them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, you kind of go through like all of these emotions with everyone in a very short period of time. And I don't know how else to do that in a way, like in a team setting, especially when yeah. you don't know people. So for this group, what was fascinating about it was minus three people, I had never met the rest of the group in person. No, four. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had, now some of them I've worked with for over a year, um, but we had never gotten together. And I had not physically met them in person. 
and the amount of camaraderie that was created that quickly. And we had spent the whole morning together. Um, I do have a method to my madness about when the escape room comes into the process for in-person meetings. But I think that's really important too. Um, but it was like, I, I wouldn't say the morning was we weren't clicking, but it was just like traditional, right? Yeah, and then yeah. as soon as that happened, um, and I picked the hard, and I picked the hardest one for this group, and there was a, a strategy behind that as well. Um, but we got done so quickly because so what I like to ask anytime there's an escape room is because I'm competitive. I was going to say best time? competitive. <laughs> what's your best time ever? And they and they know, right? And yeah. they'll tell you. And oftentimes, so with advanced room, so there's kind of three levels, introductory or beginner, intermediate and advanced. Um, advanced rooms just over in general, um, across all escape room properties, the goal is for 20% of people to get out. Yeah. So only 20% of teams actually get out of the room in an hour. So you like you have a high likelihood of failing just to begin with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, but I don't go in that way. I, you know, I go in, what's your best time? Right. So they mm -hmm. tell us. And I was like, and I'm kind of like, crap. Because like the last time I had a group do an advanced room, they got out with like two minutes to spare, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay, you guys, that's the goal. We're going to beat that time. And I think everyone's kind of like, so some of the team was like, yeah. And some of the team was like, that's like, I don't even know if we're going to get out. Yeah, that's nuts. And then we go in the, and then we go in the room and um, without spoiling too much, it's kind of like a prison uh -huh. and they handcuff you to his bench oh, and the wow. whole team is like i did not sign up for this how are we like this is how are we getting out of this because <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing on the walls uh -huh. right like and i'm just like and i don't know what to do now because i'm used to going in rooms where there's tons of stuff and like tearing yeah. it apart and finding all these clues and, and i was just like and your buddy from fishers is already laughing watching on the camera right? because he knows Cause he knows, cause he knows me and he knows yeah, like, what's, yeah. and he's just like, how is she going to do this now? Um, and what's crazy is it's kind of like, you know, there are moments in our life where like time is this weird vortex and mm -hmm. escape rooms are one of those, right? Because you're also mentally working fast, trying to figure things out. It feels like time is going faster than it really is. At least mm -hmm. in our experience. Yeah. Combined yeah. with them. Um, I like there were, it was just really crazy to see who started figuring things out, mm -hmm. um, what roles people took on. And what I find is, you know, like my job in those rooms as kind of like the team leader is not to be the team leader. It's not to be the person that like says like, go this way. It's, I find myself more as the like organizer and like corraler, like, okay, everyone stop for a second. You're seeing something, we're seeing something, we're not communicating correctly. <laughs> like more like that, like to help organize the chaos a little bit, um, which is different than the role that I play like traditionally. Yeah. So, so I yeah. see these other people on the team step up and people that maybe are are more quiet or that you wouldn't expect that have figured something out like super rapidly. And I'm like, where how did you like how does your brain do that? And what's cool about it is you start to look at people differently, like in a really good way. You start yeah. to go, well, if they could do that, like are we using them to their best potential? What else could they do? What else do they enjoy doing? Maybe that's outside their current role even. Um, I didn't realize that they're that chatty, mm -hmm. right? Like some people are quiet on video. You get them locked in a room 
and they're super chatty and like those like they speak up and like take command of the room and it's kind of like wait where did that like did not expect that today uh, where did that come from and what was you know method to my madness we had spent you know the first part of the day talking about like almost kind of like traditional qbr style right q3 right. what worked what didn't um and like just you know we're we're a company in scale-up mode so we're constantly how do we grow faster and with you know when you're thinking in that mindset all you think about is like all the things to do and all the mm -hmm. challenges that you have and so my thought and this is typically how i organize these types of events is if I put them in the hardest room and they can get out of the hardest room, which 80% of people fail getting out of uh -huh. all the stuff we talked about today, they are going to realize that we can do. Cause I already, I already know that yeah. I already know I have the right team. I need them to believe that. Yeah. Need them and to believe in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there's no, I mean, put people in a locked room, right? That they have no idea like what to do, how to get out of. And they, they start to realize how resourceful they really are. So we killed the time. We like completely blew away the record, which of was course. just like the team is like fired up, right? And ready to go. And I'm like, how did we have so, cause we get out and there's like more than 20 minutes left. I'm like, how do we have so much time left? And the guy and the guy that was watching us, he goes, I knew you guys were gonna get out of that room and beat the record like five minutes in. And I was like, really? He goes, you already had this one thing figured out that takes people 20 minutes to figure out. And I was like, huh, right? It was just, it was uh -huh. really cool. So then the team's yeah. like, what other rooms do you got? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, well, cause I thought it would take us a full hour, right? And maybe we'd get out right at time. And by the time like everyone like regrouped and we went to dinner, but now I have like all of this time, I have an extra 30 minutes almost. I'm like, what am I going to do with? Yeah. And they only typically have like one advanced room per location. And they're like, well, we have this immediate room open. And I said, what's your best time? And he says 20, like, like 30 minutes or something like that. And so then someone else on my team who I did not expect, um, Aaron, who you've met, she goes, uh -huh. we can do it in 25. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think we want to say that. Like, Broke down the guys, we are getting cocky now. Uh -huh. I'll be darned if we did not get out in 25 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I, when I was reading your LinkedIn post, I, I laughed out loud at the line and I chose the hardest room. Of course, I could almost hear this sinister laughter uh, going on. Um, as the, as the leader of this group, the, the CEO and, and, you're doing these for team building. How do you balance participating with observing? How do you do that? So in the ones I've done, I would say I've always, except for the first one, I've always been intentional about my role. Um, so my role in the one that we just recently did was to allow the team to figure it out and to help coordinate and corral mm -hmm. as needed. Right. Um, so I wasn't the pro like predominant one. I found myself doing less mm -hmm. and more like, what did you find? What did you find? Like, okay, what about this? Did we look at this? Like more of that role versus yeah. going like, let me figure this out myself or like, we're missing something. Like, what is it? Um, one that I did maybe three years ago. Um, also at Limovate, we did, a, we had a couple of different rooms that we did, but the room I was in, 
um, was our leadership team at the time. And I put us all, and I think they're great for team building, but I also think they're great when you have like, especially like every team goes through, like you can call it norming, storming, all that stuff. Or you can mm -hmm. just call like, sometimes you work really well together and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when the times that you don't, if you want to get through that the fastest, lock people in a room, not in a room to like yell and all that stuff, lock them <laughs> in an escape room. Because what's crazy about it from just everything I've seen when I've done it before is they have like five minutes to figure out how to work effectively together. Yeah. And they will figure it out. And then all the other drama, which is typically personality related, honestly, mm -hmm. stays in that room. And when they come out, you don't have the issues that you've had before. Wow. And I can't explain why, why that situation does it, except I've just seen it time and time again, work really well. Because you start, it's a partly, I think, shared experience, but also it's because you're on a clock. No one wants to lose. No right. one wants to not get out of the room, like be the only person that doesn't get out of the room, like the only group. So it forces everyone to like quickly figure out how to work together effectively. And then once they that clicks, it tends to continue. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of value, of value to that. And in that situation, um, I was, I would say definitely not trying to play the leader. I was trying mm -hmm. to play like, well, what I was like, how the hell is this going to go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, cause you never know when you lock people in a room, honestly, you never know how it's going to go. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I'm always like, please make sure we get out. Cause that would be the worst. Um, but I, you know, was very much like, okay, like I'm like the cheerleader motor, like we've got this, like we can do this. Like, yeah. what yeah. do you guys think? Or like, how do I, how do I bring people together that maybe are on opposite sides of the room? Um, so I've played a, I've tried to go in with an intentional, like, what is my goal for the team mm -hmm. when we get out of this room? One, to get out, but two, like, what am I hoping to accomplish? And then how do I help ensure that happens? Yeah. Without being heavy handed. I think that's the other portion, right? Like if I'm heavy handed and helping them figure it out, um, then it's not authentic. They don't right. get that shared experience together, right? My job as a leader is to help them figure out how to work effectively together. Mm -hmm. To solve And the I'm just, yeah. exactly, not me yeah. solving it for them. So. How do you, how do you use this experience the next day, it's all over and not literally the next day, but how do you use it going forward? What does it tell you about the members on your team, how they work together? And then what do you do as the leader to use that information? So I think one, it creates these really close personal bonds. Like later that night at dinner, one of the person that was waiting on us, she's like, how long have you guys all been like working together? You seem to like just have this close relationship. And then one person to me, I just met half these people like in person, like a couple mm -hmm. hours ago, right? Like I've not, like I've seen some of them on zoom, but like, I didn't know half like anyone here. Um, so I think one, like it, it's created that and which is really cool. I think the other thing it's shown me is there are people who are really good at solving really hard problems mm -hmm. that sometimes their current role doesn't allow you to see or doesn't allow you to understand the depth at which they could, at which they could solve the problem. Mm -hmm. 
so that has been really fun to start to figure out like what role in an unorganized situation, what role do people take on? Yeah. Who gets frustrated when they can't figure it out? Who keeps trying to figure it out? Who do they naturally, because you start to, especially when you're in a large room for 10 or 12 people, which is typically the max uh, for Mm -hmm. a room, you start to see people choose to work together with different members. Um, And it's also interesting to see that happen because it's oftentimes, at least in my experience, not who you'd expect. Uh, Yeah. Right? It's not always the people that you think they're close, like closest to, or they know the best. Um, They tend to work with people who think similarly to them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Are drawn to the same types of problems. And so you start to figure out like, okay, like if I were to figure out, if we had a really hard cross-functional issue, what would that, like, who would I put on it to solve it? And that can give you a ton of information I know everyone says, you know, like there's all these, you know, disc assessments, predictive index, all those things. They're all valuable. I, you know, mm-hmm. I've done, I think all of them in my career and, you know, we've done them at Limave. I know everyone's PI and everything, but there is something different about watching people solve an actual problem oh, yeah. where there is a perceived risk and of, of embarrassment, I guess, if you don't. Get right, it. right, right. That tells me, that often tells me who you are and how you perform under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm saying that like companies should do this, but like, it'd be kind of cool if you could put all of your job candidates in a locked room and see what happens, <laughs> right? Like, that'd be a heck of a job interview, your, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm like lock them in with your team and see what happens because uh-huh. I think sometimes you know if you go, if you wonder why team members don't work out for whatever reason. And whether you part ways with them or they choose to leave, oftentimes it's because they didn't get along with the team yeah. or the manager, you know, whoever. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool to see it happen. But I will tell you, you know, you have to be prepared that they won't get out. Like, what is your plan if they don't get out? Because it, it will dynamically change them, especially for in-person stuff. It will dynamically change the mood. If you've yeah. set this up, I took a big risk. <laughs> Well, uh-huh. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Took a, a big risk. I was going to do the hardest room. I was, you know, it was, and with the whole goal of like, if they can get out, and then when we go into the next day, they're going to realize we can solve anything right. if we work together. And I had I had a backup plan, kind of right. Not really like well formed, but like uh-huh. speech I was going to give if like it didn't go well. Um, but I was just so confident that it would, which is why I did it the way I did. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I think thinking about what your plan B is, because uh, there's, there's lessons, there's lessons in failure also, right? You can, you can draw those out. Um, I, I think this escape room idea is a, is a fabulous idea. And, and for our listeners, no, we do not get compensated from escape rooms. That's, that, that's not the intent. The intent was to talk about how you can use it as the leader, as the organizer to build a stronger team. And uh, hopefully I've warned you about our last question, Stephanie. I was, I was thinking back to our conversation last week and typically I, I warn people, so hopefully I did. But here on Status Go, we are all about action. It sounds like you are too, based on uh, our recent conversations. Uh, we like to leave our listeners with a strong call to action. So 
what are one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? So, I mean, I think the easiest one is to stop with like the traditional team building exercises. Cause let's be honest, none of us want to do that anymore. We've done all of them. Um, <laughs> the escape room is, it is different for a wide variety of reasons. It's fun, but it also will tell you so much about your team and create this shared bond that is impossible to replicate. Otherwise, I think the other one is outside of just an escape room, challenge yourself to think about ways that you can get your team to engage with each other that is non-traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, and we've done this a lot over Zoom. We play like Scriblio, which is like kind of like Pictionary. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Best way to describe it. But it's also a fun shared experience because people, I'm a horrible at drawing, like horrible, okay? And people still talk about things that like me and another team member drew like two years ago on a picture, like on the Scriblio game. They're like, can you, do you remember when she drew that? And no one knew what it was. Yeah. And it creates a lot of this. It's a really simple, really silly, but it creates this kind of fun, um, I don't want to say like inside joke, but like shared connection that you had, you had to be there to experience and those are the things that people remember. That's what ties people to each other. Not how many, like, where did you take them to dinner? I bet if I asked, no one can remember where we went to dinner that night, but they could all tell you about both of the escape rooms that we went to. Absolutely. It creates that, that shared experience in their mind. It's, it's almost bringing some vulnerability to it because you're, you're, you're using skill sets that you don't use, like in your, in your drawing example. I, I have to thank you so, so much. And thank you for not sharing how to get out of the handcuffs. I, I may have to try that uh, escape room the next time, but uh, I really want to thank you for carving out time and, and talking with us and, and jumping so fast when I reached out on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I got to talk to you on our podcast. So thank, thanks so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It's been fun. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information, and we'll be sure and link to Lumivate so you can learn more about them and what what Stephanie and others have built there. This is Jeff Tun for Stephanie Cox. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.